What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is uh, Tuesday, January 18th. Uh, both teams have opened up training camp, both LAFC and LA Galaxy. LAFC started today. Galaxy was this weekend. Uh, the photos are coming up. A lot of players are showing up, you know, so some new faces in familiar places. Uh, we're going to talk about that, or what we expect, what we see uh, here. Joining us once again, all the way from Colombia. We got my man, Andy Diosa. Andy, how you doing? What up, man? Checking in from the motherland. Still out here living life to the fullest, but still tapped in, you know, got to get ready for the season. So don't let nobody know I'm out here scouting goalkeepers for LAFC. Please keep that a secret. <laughs> oh, so they got you. They got you. They got you on the payroll now, I see. That's good. Ah, man, I don't know about all that yet. <laughs> yeah. So you are you working your way up? Is that is that how it is? Yeah, the entry no, level man. right now? New new year, new me. We gotta get for uh, some new goals. We gotta try for some new things. So you know how it goes. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, but yeah, man. Like I said, uh, there's like a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on. You know, and I think it's always um, it's always an exciting time when you start seeing the photos and everything pop up, uh, especially for both teams. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, it feels like we definitely it definitely was a, a shorter uh off season, but. What are, you, what are you most excited about now that you see, obviously, both teams and everything? What are you most excited when you start seeing the photos and all that? I mean, I honestly do like preseason because it's it gives all these players a chance to kind of like, you know, mix up and see what they have. And it's unfortunate because a lot of, well, the fans are not really able to see because these are mostly played behind closed doors. Uh, media is able to attend, I think, to most of the preseason if you would like to. But I just think in terms of like new players and and new coaches, it's just cool to for them to be able to get those games in. And in the Galaxy's, um, I guess, point of view, like last year, them playing that many preseason games definitely helped them get off to that quick start that they did last season. And they all talked about it from Greg Vanny down to the players, that that's so important. And they're playing six more games this preseason. So I just like the flow of preseason, getting things back to, you know, back in the swing of things. And then before we know, we're going to be talking about, you know, season openers at, you know, both stadiums and, and things are going to come quickly with the season approaching. So I'm excited just to see soccer again. Yeah, no, I mean, me too. It's just like, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I feel like I get, I'm getting antsy now and everything that, that's going on, you know, seeing this and like, oh, being back out there and stuff. Um, Sith, uh, the Lord, or Sir Thy Leaf, well, interesting name on YouTube. He says, first, he says, this is pre-recorded live. This is live. Um, you know, it's definitely live. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and then we also got Anthony Bermudez. He says he has a question. He's like, I wonder why Vela deleted IG. Um, which but which makes it very interesting because uh, I, I saw that. Huh? Let's talk about it because that that was that was that was that was that was. Uh, uh, say that, say that again. So he's sick of LAFC fans in his comments, man. He's <laughs> you guys, he's he's tired. <laughs> Hey, look. Honestly, um, I, 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 I thought it was interesting, but I guess I get it. Um, I don't know. Like, he also didn't really post that much recent as of late, and it's probably just for him not. I'm assuming here that he doesn't want to. He won't pay attention to any of that. I don't know. Um, what What are your thoughts on when when you see Vela no longer has uh, an Instagram account? Honestly, I'm more surprised that he had an Instagram account. If we're keeping it 100, like he's not the type of person I would think to have an IG. And I know that a player like of his caliber probably has to do a lot of like, um, let's say, sponsor stuff. I saw he had put up some stuff either if it's just stories and things like that uh, with sponsor stuff. And uh, probably just the situation, man. Like I'm, I'm sure that LAFC fans were all up in his comments. I'm sure he 
didn't monitor it 24-7, but he probably read enough of it. And he probably heard the noise of people saying that he's at the beach while they're playing the Galaxy and Carson and things like that. So, I mean, hey, man, social media is a very tough place to navigate. I couldn't imagine being a, a world-known football player and, and being under the circumstances that he's in with the last few seasons. So if I get tired of it, I'm sure as hell uh, positive that he gets tired of it and all these uh, athletes get tired of it. So I'm for it, man. Why not? Yeah, honestly, the thing that to me, uh, it's interesting, like I said, like, I understand it, but it's just like, you cannot, like I said, you can only imagine uh, the type of, you know, hate or, you know, negative comments that you get at that level. I mean, we get, you and I get some, but it's not at right. that extent, you know, it's like million when you got millions of followers and stuff like that. And it, it to me, it's just like, I get, I think he's just, he's just going to focus. Uh, that's, that's how I'm taking it. He's just going to focus on the season. But I think the other side is still like, that was one way of him before, I think, before this season to connect with fans and people can see, you know, what he's up to. Uh, obviously, I think more fans are going to pay attention to what his wife posts and stuff like that, because that's how fans are finding out uh, on IG. But I, I see it, it's more of him just focusing in on the season, seeing see what it is. Not, you know, because you don't want to pay attention to the outside noise and, and you know, and, uh, you know, not get distracted or get carried away and. I see it uh, as him being focused and we'll see what happens and if he reactivates it um, later in the season or not. But like, you know, even then he wasn't uh, he still wasn't connected. He still wasn't connected with them last season. So it is what it is. Um, it is very interesting, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Juan Vargas. He says, saludos, fool. Um, he said he said, yo, I heard Andy gave uh, Chicho the Rona. <laughs> Chicho is not with, with LAFC, so uh, please explain yourself, Andy. Hey, man, I saw Chicho, what was it, December 28th, maybe, here in Medellin? Um, and then what his his uh, positive result thing just came out a few days ago. So I don't know if the numbers add up quite, <laughs> quite, but uh, I'm free. I'm good. Um, he's good. He's good. I know I know that for a fact. He's all right. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he's still here. I'm pretty sure he's still in, in uh, Medellin because of – the World Cup qualifiers coming up with all of the news coming around the team right now. There's a few injuries and stuff like that. So he might be on that list, which I would assume he wouldn't be going back to LA to fly all the way back to Colombia because that game is in 10 days here in Barranquilla. So he might kind of just be waiting or he might have already word from the Federation that he's going to be part of that call up, which means that he would be with Colombia at least through February 2nd, I believe. So he's, he's going to be late arrival. Um, I think uh, I think we're kind of lo- I think we're kind of losing you there, Andy. But uh, um, but yeah, like um, so if you guys have questions, no, Andy did not give uh, Chicho the Rona. I uh, Andy is still out there in uh, in uh, Colombia, but uh, but yeah, so he's expected to stay out there. I know they had an exhibition game. Um, I think it was at Honduras or one of the Central American teams. Uh, in Florida, but Chicho was not able to be part of it. Um, but I think he, as Tandy's point, I think he was saying that Chicho's still going to be out there. He's, he is expected uh, to be out there a couple a couple more weeks, um, you know, with the team. So he was obviously there with the team. I want to give a shout out to Alex. He says, listening and while uh, listening to Gio and Andy while playing FIFA, <laughs> uh, you're a beast, Alex. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to show us uh, how you do. Um, but yeah, I think I think the interesting thing as we see some of these uh, photos and everything, I think the one of the big 
bigger things I think for me is, uh, you know, seeing finally uh, Steve Sharondolo being able to talk to his team today and making it, you know, having that first voice with everybody. I, I'm assuming he's already had these conversations uh, with all the players individually, but now you have uh, somewhat of the group together um, and you start making, uh, you know, those announcements, what players can expect uh, moving forward and everything. And I also want to just share, like, I think this is one of the one of the bigger things um, of the photo. I don't know if you guys came across or saw the photo of, of, of Steve Sharondolo uh, and, and Carlos Vela. Obviously, Carlos Vela looks like he hasn't gotten a haircut. And I think he he kind of rocks. He, he tends to rock the long hair and the beard like that. And, uh, you know, I think that's his thing. I've seen we've seen a couple of his photos like that. He's long hair, don't care. Um and yeah, we'll see what other photos. There's Chicharito right there. Um, yeah, and they're talking about Chicharito and the other galaxy. This is what MLS in Espanol. So yeah, they're talking about all the uh, Hispanic players on there, as you can see. So it's it's good to see this around the league. It's good to see, um, uh, you know, start to see all these photos come up. Here we go. We got Andy. We're just going through some of these preseason photos, um, Andy. But uh, to your point, what were you saying about Chicho before we you got cut off? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where I got cut off, but I was just saying that he'll be a late arrival to LAFC preseason regardless if he gets called up or not. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's still here in Colombia, but like I said, he's probably going to be on that list for the Colombia uh, World Cup qualifiers against Peru and Argentina, which start, um, like I said, in 10 days is the game against Peru here in Colombia, and then they play Argentina a few days after that. So uh, he's fine. I know he's good from from the from the COVID uh, diagnosis. He's asymptomatic, so he's good to go. Um the good thing is that he had been playing, you know, in Colombia for a little bit, and then he had been training with the team at least. So uh, form-wise, I don't think it'd be too much of a worry. It's just, you know, getting him integrated with a team, with a new coach and new teammates uh, might be a little tough. But, you know, it, it is what it is. A lot of a lot of players that have those international aspirations and stuff like that go through the same thing. So I think he'll be good to go once the season starts anyway. Yeah, and I, and, uh, and I think also players that were not in the first team training, and this is per LAFC uh, – uh, the website.com they wrote they wrote uh Ismail Tashardi, the new guy uh Latif Blessing wasn't there um the other international call-ups uh Jose Sinfuentes Diego Palacios Kellen Acosta uh, obviously he's with the U.S. men's national team um so yeah obviously those the players that weren't there obviously makes sense not everybody needs to be there today but it makes you know if you're able to be there you're able to be there but if you still need some time with your family or wherever because a lot of these players, uh, you know, don't live in the U.S., have families in other countries. So it makes sense why they would try to spend as much time as they could, especially in a short and off season uh, with their family. But I think we expect outside of the international players, like I think Latif Blessing, uh, who was uh, Ishmael uh, and who else? I think it was just Latif Blessing. Um, yeah. And Ishmael to, to be there uh, pretty soon. Uh, another note uh, for the LFC side. Um, was i think it was a uh, chiqui palacios uh no 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 eddie segura he's still recovering uh apoco uh he's still recovering i think i read read on that um but yeah what are, what are your what are your thoughts on uh eddie segura and obviously potentially being able to come back this season i know i read an article that said that he was he's doing he's still training on the sideline and stuff because he's going to be uh, very very important for them this season, I would imagine, depending when he's ready to go. If he's not ready to go by February 26, I would expect a couple more signings in that defensive end. Yeah, I think we talked about it before, and, and we'll find out more Thursday. Uh, they have their first media availability, I guess, of the preseason, and that's going to be my question. Like, give me give me that timeline on, on what 
Eddie looks like and players like Opoku because it's it's in it's a very important part for LASC to obviously get him back on the field when they can. But we don't know how he's been progressing from that injury. From all the signs, it's been positive, but we just don't know what the timeline looks like. So we'll find out more Thursday for sure and confirm those details. But like you said, he's he's the man back there. And I think that we saw the drop off when he got hurt on how um, Jesus David Morillo kind of fell off a bit. And that's that's important because they they were definitely in sync. They were definitely comfortable with each other. Um, and I think that's the center back pairing that they want. You know, Mamadou Falls emergence was was great. And obviously he's good enough to fill the role. But I think if everybody's healthy, let's just say it's a clean slate. I think they're going with Segura and Murillo as that center back pairing. But then they also have Ibiaga there as well that could fill in some spots. So I'm not sure if they necessarily need more defensive players, but that depth is never a bad thing. I just know that um, from coming off of last year, they were so up and down defensively and seeing so many of the lapses and just so much of like how disoriented they were. It's it's going to be, I think the biggest focus for LAFC is that, I mean, I we could talk. I think we're losing uh, Andy. I think we're losing you there, Andy. I think, I, think I, I think it's cutting, it's cutting in and out. Um, second to, I think you got to, uh, you there? Yeah, we're, we're just cutting in. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, my bad, my bad. I don't know. This this internet over here a little shaky, but um, yeah, defensively, I was okay. just like saying that that's gonna be, that's going to be their biggest uh, their biggest focus, and I think that's a you know we said it before that's a plus for Sharondalo because that's that's his forte, that's his bread and butter. So um, that's going to be where we really want to see the work for LAFC. So it's uh it's very important. But yeah, we don't know what the timeline looks like on Segura, like I said, but we'll try to find out, confirm more details on Thursday, and then um, you know see you go from there. Yeah, I think to me it's like uh, they may look. You got to give them props. Uh, you know, Kel Nakasa was was an amazing uh, signing for LAFC. Um, you know, I think we'll get into more into that. Um, whether you know, I know he he had tweeted that about him, but you know, uh, Colorado not not you know not taking them the offer to, for him to go to Europe and stuff. We'll get more into that, but I think. All the signs that they've made uh, so far, you know, you're starting to build. You, there's MLS experience. If you compare it to a year ago, they only had brought like two or three guys with somewhat of an MLS experience. But this year, you can already see the difference. You can already see there's a lot more MLS experience from the guys they they've picked up around the league, and that 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 should tell you, okay, I think that the front office realized that, like, hey, we need to have some of these guys actually have played in this league, know how it is are battle tested and uh, you're not really seeing all these young younger signings and stuff. And I don't think you, you could also do that, especially, um, you know, with the new, new first year head coach and stuff. So uh, I definitely start uh, when you start seeing how they, how they're starting to, to build this roster is, it's definitely um, it's starting to come up. It's starting to look up pretty, pretty smooth. I think the only thing is now it's, like we just, we just talked about the the center back pairing. Who is it going to be? Murillo. I know there's rumblings about him. Uh, interest from uh, America. I don't know how strong those reports are. Those rumors are. Uh, but also, I think you would need to add maybe two, two or three more defensive players um, because you, you still got to figure out who's like the like I said, the center back pairing. Maybe another guy to go on the left side is Michael Fafan going to play on the left side with Chiqui Palacios. Like who's going to be the other guy on the left side? And then the goalkeeping position, right? We know they only got one. They got Tomas Romero. Tomas Romero, um, as of right now, I'm not sure if, he, if he's the guy. I'm not sure if Steve Sharundalo, uh has his, his number one guy. But either, regardless of that, regardless if Romero is the guy for Sharundalo or not, you still need another backup goalkeeper. And I think that they, they need to make another signing. Um, and I think that, to me, 
I, we, we, you and I have talked about it. I think that has to be the biggest signing. You know, I don't, you don't need to drop a DP spot on that. But the reason why I say it's the biggest, it's the most significant because this team has struggled with having a goalkeeper going into year five. You know, so I think that may be the most important piece uh, outside looking. And when it comes to roster building because of how this team, we know we, we can expect from up top from Chicho, B-Rod, uh, Vela, right, if he's healthy. The midfield, it looks like the, now they have a, more of a solid midfield added the, a couple pieces. Uh, but yeah, obviously the, the, the back line and the goalkeeping position, I think it's more important on how and who they bring in, right? Because they, they've missed, if we're going to be honest, they've missed the mark on everybody that they've brought in. Pablo's gone. Um, Jabal Blackman, the six-month trial, the three-month trial, did not work out, um, you know? So I just, I'm very interested to see who who they bring in uh, bring in, and when they bring in because uh, uh, preseason training camp has started, and I'm surprised they haven't made that announcement. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, the, on, uh, on LAFC getting the goalkeeper? You know, I 100% agree. I think that's that's next up. I think everybody's waiting for that being the next uh, the next signing for LAFC. You, regardless of like what you said, if if they say Tomas is the number one, that's fine. But you still need to have another one on the roster. So that's what it comes down to for LAFC. And you know, we've we've seen over the years, like you mentioned, there's been so much up and down. I, I would give them a chance, but at the same time, they probably have sights set on somebody that they're going to bring in and try to give a chance to as well. So. Um, that's that's the of the most importance at this point because you know you you fill in the roster so many different ways but now that's that one question mark and it's been a question mark for the past four seasons that they've existed you know you never know like who's going to be the guy back there so it's it's super important for LAFC to get that situated because if we're turning the page on a new team and a new coach and things like that when we, whenever we would ask Bob about you know goalkeepers it's like oh we don't have a number one we don't have a number one and once again, if you look around the league, teams don't function that way. Teams have a number one goalkeeper. It's 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 one of the positions that you should have. Some reason to continue that. So, yeah, no, and obviously, I'm just showing photos here of the, of, of the of the training camp uh, today, the first day. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm very surprised. Um, I, I would have th- I thought that was one, that would have been one of the first signing, but first signings that they would do because it's such a the the, the high turnover. Um, but I think they got to get this right when it comes to this goalkeeping t- position because look, it's a it's a whole it's a whole new uh, system now. You got a you got you know you got a whole new coach. You got to get this goalkeeper situation right this time around. Uh, I just don't think there's no way else to to look about it because it's like it's if they don't you know they may get built. They like last year they had somewhat of a they they had a talented team. Um, this year they have a talented team as well. Um, but if that goalkeeping position is the same as last year, this team is only going to go so far, right? And this team has aspirations, uh, you know, to do something big this year, even though uh, under first year Steve Shondo, which I think may be a little difficult. Um, but nevertheless, anytime you have Vela, Chicho, Brian Rodriguez, you're you're you have you're set up properly, but you should make a, a deep run. Um, and I know, and I, I kind of also wonder, like, without knowing all these other signings, like, how, what's uh, LAS, what's potentially, I know this is, like, early, but what's potentially LAFC's ceiling for the season? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, what is, because I, I know they want a trophy. I know fans want a trophy. Every team, right? Every team wants a trophy. But um, I just kind of wonder right now. And I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't, we'll do, like, season projections once that team is actually built. Like, maybe, like, a week before the season starts. Uh, we can do that for like both teams, but right now I, I think it's a little it's a little too foggy. It's not clear enough for me to really 
pinpoint down until you know we see we see the rest of the pieces come together obviously you know there's more there's some uh, coaching staff uh coming as well they still got to get the, the rest of the coaching staff together so hopefully everything um you know comes together for lafc as 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 it goes on um but i do want to talk about there are going to be part of the coachella um what is it the preseason and paul and coachella that is hosted by the, the la galaxy are hosting it um they do have a game a preseason game uh out there which is going to be i think it's uh, february 15th against dc united um let's talk about that what are your what are your thoughts about that it looks i read it's not open to the public unless i misread that so it's just like just the teams out there no fans which is unfortunate because um i think everybody was looking forward to go out there and make the two hour drive hour drive depending where where you are in the city um but what are your thoughts on that a lot of teams coming in and you know doing this first round maybe they want to get it right and then potentially next year they can invite fans and all that Missed opportunity, first of all, to not call it Goldshella, like all the LA Galaxy fans were saying on yep. Twitter. Because it was just right there. It was a layup. But, you know, it happened. Uh, but I think it's cool, man. I think something like that is cool because a lot of those teams that are Eastern Conference-based and in cold-weather places and things like that travel to California anyway for the preseason. It's been happening forever. So to put something together of that stature, I think it's pretty cool because, you know, it's going to get a little bit more exposure for a lot of these players just mixing with different teams and and seeing different things. And preseason could get stale right if you're in the same place if you're you know playing against the same teams over and over so i think it's it's a cool thing that the galaxy are doing and having all those teams head over that way uh, like you said it's the first one so they probably want to get it right and then and tweak it from there but at the same time you know it's it's a good way to get more games in from a certain standpoint of set of time because you know sometimes travel gets mixed up or uh calendars get difficult and Going back to last year, how many it was the Revs that were in LA and the Galaxy. I mean, the LAFC played them like what two or three times, and it's like cool, cool. Like once or like once is cool, we get it. But it's like to play that same team over and over again just because of the sake of them being in California. Um, I feel like it doesn't, you know, it it makes sense for the sake of getting games, but it doesn't make sense for you know the sake of trying to do different things tactic wise and and experiment that way. So I think it's a pretty pretty dope thing. Hopefully it goes well and. Um, I think for all the teams involved, they'll probably get a lot out of it heading into the season because, like I said earlier, the more games you could play in the preseason, it's only going to be better for you. And once again, the Galaxy uh, proved that in the beginning half of last season, and they got up to that fast start. So I think LAFC is playing, what, four preseason games in the Galaxy 6, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, my mind, I got a lot of things going on in my mind, to be honest with you. I don't know the exact number of games. But I, I, know, I know the Galaxy more- are playing. Sure. Yeah, the, the more they play, the better, especially uh, this LAFC team is going to need it. Um, regardless, if these players are international duty, these players, everybody else, uh, they, they all need it. And I think also one thing that was cool to see was Christian Torres, uh, the homegrown yeah. player for LAFC. Uh, he was like 16, 17 when he made his debut. Obviously, he I don't think he played at all with LAFC. He was on the USL team, um, Las Vegas Lights, the whole year, so. Sure, Nolo knows him, obviously. He coached him for the year. I'm really interested in how they really develop like Christian Torres. I want to I like I want to know how how it, it will go for Christian Torres. Cause I think that's a very important thing for because he's he's a first, you know, big academy player. Um, I don't think you need to rush him or anything like that. There's there's a lot of people in it, you know, up top and stuff, but I'm I'm very interested on in how LAFC will develop will develop him through the years and stuff because if they want to have a, a successful uh, academy, right? Everybody, I think right now the 
the team to look up to when it comes to developing these players, if we're going to be honest, is FC Dallas. Like FC Dallas has done it uh, time and time again. They just sold Pepe, I think, for $18, $20 million. Now that's granted. That's like a unicorn type of thing. That's not going to happen all the time. But time and time again, they've they've been able to sell players. They've been able to build up the players. But I don't think you need to be like fully FC Dallas and not care about your first team. I think you can have – it's going to be tricky. It's difficult. But there's teams that can do both, and I and I I'm very surprised that uh, obviously you know neither team in, in LA and LA is doing this so much so much rich talent talent out here in Southern California I've talked about it in the past so I'm that's why I'm very curious on how they they, they develop Christian Torres how he he's able to develop with the first team get those minutes in uh, and then eventually if they want to sell them on and stuff like that because all that money comes straight to go back to LAFC you don't they don't have to pay it, especially when it's a homegrown. Deal. I don't need to get into specifics, but that's the most uh, purest way for you to get that money straight into your into in, into the bank account, you know, or put that money back into the academy and stuff. So I think uh, no pressure to put on Christian Torres, but I think there's also a lot of players that will look up to Christian Torres that are in the academy. Hey, potentially that could be me, but that path, it, it, I want to see what that path really looks like for him. I don't think he's going to start over Vela. I don't think he's going to start over Chicho. And I don't think he's going to start over Brian Rodriguez as he, he shouldn't because those are the guys right now. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, 20 minutes off the bench, 10 minutes off the bench, whatever. If he can do that or if he can get in there somehow, um, that's going to be a tricky thing for Steve, uh, you know, to balance out. But I think that is going to be very important for the success of LAFC Academy, for the success of the future, um, and for all, also for Christian Torres to be able to get some of the minutes. What, what are your thoughts on that, Andy? No, 100%, man. And and we've mentioned it before. That's why you bring a coach like Sharondalo in because this is what he's known to do for the development and help help that uh, that type of pipeline. And we know for LAFC from the beginning, the academy has always been important uh, for MLS in general, MLS next, and the way they're expanding that for the league itself. It's super important to get these younger players into the fold. Just saw today the New England Revolution signed a 16-year-old. That's a homegrown player, which is amazing. So I think it's it's true. And, and once again, we mentioned when the hire happened with Sharundalo is that maybe this didn't happen in the past because that was not Bob Bradley's style, right? Maybe he was just like, these are my guys. This is what I'm going to do. And it was hard for, for a lot of people to get certain minutes, Bryce Duke being one, certain younger players to kind of get in the fold there. So I think that we'll see a little bit of that. We'll see a little bit of these players mixed in and Sharundalo will give, you know, chances to younger players. And it's important because this is why they're there and this is how the trajectory of that keeps going you know in the right path instead of falling off and having all these different things happen so i 100 percent agree with what you said there yeah kid uh kid g123 says he should get minutes in the open cup since it's back this year yeah good good point i'm glad i'm glad you brought that up uh yeah he should definitely get minutes in the open cup that that's a that's a uh, um that's a way he can get those minutes he definitely would start i don't think you're going to have Vela or Chicho, um, especially those international call-ups and potentially Brian Rodriguez, obviously. Um, you're, you're not going to want them, depending how the schedule uh, fills in and all that, playing those games. And, you know, you have uh, perfect players like uh, like Christian Torres to come in and, and step up. And I think it's going to be a very, very, very exciting. I think, you know, he, I, I, I kind of almost, I want to say, like, I forgot about him because I hadn't seen him all last year. But when I saw uh, like LAOC had posted about him and he did the interview, or he did the interview or he shared his comments and I was like, all oh, right, they, they, they still got Christian. Uh, you know, I forgot about him because he didn't, he didn't play at all with the first team. So yeah, no, I think, I think it's, it's exciting uh, for him. I think um, like you said, Toronto has, has experience developing young players. Obviously that's what he did back in Germany. 
Um, so yeah, it's very it's, it's gonna be really, really interesting how how he does the season for them uh and moving forward. Uh we also saw Eli Sanchez, um, the other midfielder. Uh what what are your thoughts on him? Um, because that's another that's another solid side that they got in the midfield. Um, you know, to add uh, him and Kellen Acosta, you know, now that that uh Eduardo Twista left. Um what what are your thoughts on that, Andy? I think it's a good signing player that's been around for a while, has has pretty good experience. I think that he's, you know, looking for a new challenge. And I think this is a good one because we've mentioned before LAFC just uh, in, in the general, it's obviously an intriguing, intriguing job and intriguing team to play for. But I think now the way that this team is set up going into that new era, going into that, you know, a little bit of uncertainty of what the future looks like. It's cool to be able to be like, hey, I'm here and I'm going to try to help make a mark for what's next. So uh, I, I heard him speak today and he was, um, giving Shrunda a little praise for being so direct and 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 kind of being able to you know get his message out clearly right away and for a player like that to be to say that coming from you know a line of coaches that are, are pretty good coaches around the league um, I think that says a lot and I think you know it's just the first day obviously we're gonna hear a lot of that same you know answer and same energy stuff but um, I think it's it's a solid player to have a very solid player how how that midfield ends up shaping up that's you know that's for Shrunda but once again going back to the same point I think one of the major problems with Bob was that things got too stagnant way too quick. And we were, you know, in the, in the good years, it was okay. Uh, Mac, a blessing. That was a three. It, that was it. But then when things got bad, then, you know, Cifuentes comes in the fold, like things got very stagnant. So I think we're LAFC in the position now that we're going to be able to see different midfields, right? You could see one with Kellen Acosta in it with Sifu pushed up. You could see players like um, Kim, Moon Juan or Palacios kind of, kind of, play makeshift, uh, you know, come into those wings. And, you know, we're going to be able to see a lot of different iterations of what the midfield looks like. And I think that that freshness is going to benefit LAFC so much because it's not going to be the same uh, midfield of Atuesta, of K, of Blessing, of Sifu, of, you know, you still have a player like Janela who's bouncing off an injury that's still an option as well. So there's options there. And I think for LAFC, that's what has been lacking in the past few seasons. And for them to have that now, like you mentioned, all the signings have – have seemed to be working in that same direction for them having that cohesion. Um, I think you you have no choice but to be optimistic about that. Now, when they start playing, if things don't pan out, then that's on Steve and, and you know, and the rest of the coaching staff. But I think the pieces that they've put together for all the criticism that they received for the offseason, I think they, they've done a pretty good job. Yeah, I think I think once with the Kellen Acosta, that, that, that signing was like, okay. Um, but I think in order for fans and all them to, is that, like I said, the goalkeeping signing and, and maybe a couple more pieces on the defensive end, um, that, that I think, uh, you know, if they get that, then, you know, then you have the versatility and everything and that, and then it just comes down to playing and the tactics and, you know, adjustments in the game. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm very interested to see these preseason games. Cause you definitely learn a lot about these teams. I'm very interested to see how coach Steve's on the, uh, I mean, Steve coaches on the sideline. Um, you know, is he, is he's going to be as loud as Bob, you know, obviously he's not as, I don't know. He, he's a little bit more soft-spoken compared to Bob, but I'm very interested to see how he manages the game on the side. Right. Because um, LAFC for, for, for four years, they've only heard one voice. They've only, uh, you know, one method of coaching. It's, it's only been one way, but now with Steve uh, in charge, I'm very curious how, how he does on uh, pressure situations and, you know, and, and good situations too. And, and, these are these are like happy times right now. Everybody's back. Hey, we're back from vacation, back from this, back from whatever you're doing. You know, Chicho got married. You know, people got married. Different things are happening in the off season. Um, 
and now you know and now it's going to be time for like okay it's happy like let's get it together new pieces are coming new voice and i you know i just I'm, i think this is this is going to be one of the most exciting times for lafc to start the year and then once the games come on you know then then it starts to obviously get more and more serious um and I, and I think for me, when I when I look at this team, uh, I want to see. Uh, there, Juan says, believe in Steve. Yeah, I think you get like what I've said. You got to give uh, Steve Sharundalo a shot. You can't necessarily look. I know some people weren't happy. It's not the signing that you know a lot of people want. They wanted a big name signing, and obviously, obviously, essentially that. Well, that's not what you got. It's a, being a first time coach. But I, I'm like more more interested to see how he coached. Give him time. Uh, and he may surprise people, or because you know, you, this is the one thing I, I really think about LFC. This is this was I was forgetting my point. But going into this season, outside of LAFC, they don't really have that pressure that they did last year. Last year they were like the favorite, right? I know Vegas still has them at the as the favorite uh, for this year, if that's still true. Which I which was a couple months ago, weeks ago, whatever on on Twitter, on Vegas, the Vegas odds. But this year, they don't have the expectations. They don't have the the pressure that they did last year when everybody was, you know, like wanted to be LAFC. And you still, every, I think everybody's still going to want to be LAFC when you play them. But it's not like that pressure. Now it's like, I think there's pressure within themselves, pressure within, within some of the fan base. But it's, uh, you don't get the sense that it was like, oh man, this is the year that they're, you know, they got to win the MLS Cup or bust. Obviously, they busted, <laughs> they busted last year, but like this year, uh, and I think it it, it, it kind of works in their favor. But Vela doesn't have that pressure, uh, you know. Rodriguez doesn't have that pressure because he 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 did solid. He just has to continue that. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you sense the same thing? Like the LAFC don't don't have that that pressure from at least from the outside. I know internally there is some pressure, but outside. Yeah, I feel like most of their pressure, like you said, is going to be internal because of it being a new a new phase of a new team. I mean, just when you have so much turnover from the top to the bottom, when it comes to coaches, when it comes to personnel, when it comes to players, I mean, that's a big deal. And they know that they can't go into the season with that same mentality that they had. And maybe that mentality is what kind of faulted them in these last few seasons, right? You think back to 2019, they're coming off that first season. They're like, okay, cool, let's let's get back to the playoffs. And then they go and blow every expectation out of the water. But I think maybe at some point that year, they probably were a little too overconfident. And, you know, that Galaxy playoff game is always going to stick in people's minds. But then that Seattle game, they come out and look like a completely different team. So I think that, you know, those are part of the growing pains of being a new team, being a new franchise. But like you said, it was knowing one thing. It was Bob Bradley's way. And now it being a new system, it's going to take time. It's not going to just be instant results right away. And obviously these players are going to need to learn how to play with each other. So it's more of a process now. It's more of a year one, you know, like not knowing what, what we're going to expect from the team and seeing. But at the same time, they are they have already set this standard in MLS, right? So, you know, bare minimum, they have to be a playoff team. I think that goes without saying. But there is still going to be a bit of that pressure. And like I said before, if they get up to a slow start, you know, the alarm bells are going to start ringing because if they don't bring right in away. that, DP, you know, now before the season starts and you're already talking about months lost and results and points that you drop and you know how it goes in MLS with uh, with points and games being so fast and things like that. So I, I, I agree that they don't have that much pressure, but it's going to definitely be there because they still have players from last year that feel that disappointment, right? And I think it's going to start with Vela. Vela's going to have to kind of set that tone and and tell these players, like, yo, this is a standard that we set. They're not – that team is not uh, built or not thinking with the mindset, like, yo, you know, we're just going to try to see what happens. They're, they're thinking with the mindset, like, they got to win, right? 
And regardless of it being a new coach and, and them not getting that accomplished besides supporter shield, um, that's still a goal. I mean, it's a goal for every team, but obviously some teams are closer um, on paper and, you know, all other things than others, but it's, it's, it's there, man. It's there because you can't forget about the last two seasons and that that's going to be the bottom line, but it's definitely, it's definitely a lot lower than it was in the past for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, one one last thing I want to talk about is the DP thing uh, before we move on. Yeah, I know a lot of fans were disappointed that they, Cabecita didn't get signed from Cruz Azul. I think he went somewhere uh, in the Middle East. Um, but I just don't I just don't see a DP signing um, until the Diego Rossi situation. If he gets bought out or he gets bought from Fenerbahce. Uh, until that happens, I don't see LAFC signing. And I know I think uh, Josh, a good friend of the show, Josh Gross, uh, he said uh, he had mentioned something about like the, the they expect to have a DP signing by the by by the start of the season, which is less than a month from or a month, uh, just over a month. We're in the 18th, yeah. So I would expect Diego Rossi's situation to get get uh, a sob first if he gets bought out. I don't, I just don't think you can loan Rossi out again. You know, I think it it has to be like either he gets sold unless Fenerbahce extends his loan. I think that's the only way it makes sense. But if, you know, you, you can't be loaning out DP players. You want to either sell them on or, you know, be able to sell them on or not. Because then you you're in the you're in this tricky per, per, uh, situation. You're one foot in, one foot out with the with the, such a big spot, you know, such a such a big spot on the roster that you know you I don't I don't think that that really helps you especially yeah you know I just don't think I just now know and understand the league more I don't think it makes sense to really uh unless it's a need a need you have to uh to loan out the, your DP players you know cuz it, it it puts the team in such a such a tricky situation so yeah I'm very interested to see what happens with the Diego Rossi cuz then that then the domino will fall and then who are they going to get you know where are they going to use at that with that DP spot because it looks like the midfield is maybe set. You could you could use it on another up top player. I don't know, like because typically you want to use it up top, right? But you you got you got the pieces there. You got Vela, you got Chicho, you got B Rod, you got Poku. Like, are you going to use it on the defensive player? It, it may not be a bad idea. Be the way the team is is construct. I know it's crazy to say, and people may be like, "Yo, dude, a DP player." I said that. Player. I said that a few weeks ago. Remember, I did. <laughs> did you okay okay, okay. It wouldn't well, be the worst, man. huh i said i said that a few weeks ago it wouldn't be the worst if it was a defense it wouldn't DP, be not I mean. the way you start to well if you start putting the pieces together but yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens so that's tbd